0: guiding us and he is directing our paths isn't that right father in the name of jesus we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your mercy that endures forever and ever and ever you are so very good and your mercy endures forever and ever and ever father as we reverently and humbly approach your word today we thank you for revelation of your word illustration of your word and impartations of the Holy Ghost that enable us <clears throat> to walk out what we have heard. <clears throat> and Father, we're careful to give you the glory, honor, and praise for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Turn to Hebrews chapter ten. I took your popular opinion poll since the other class that we had this morning till now. And by unanimous decision of them all, we're going to be speaking about, of course, on the subject of healing. Hebrews chapter 10. I want to talk about being confident in your healing. Being confident in your healing you know what I mean by being confident in your healing in other words be assured that healing is yours and don't back up from it be confident in it contend for it be another way to say but it says here in uh, Hebrews chapter number 10 and I think it's in verse something or another you know which verse it is <laughs> verse number 35 It says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise, which means it's a guaranteed fact That if you do the will of God and believe God's word, you're going to receive the promise and nothing can stop you. If you won't give up and if you won't quit, you're going to receive every single time without fail. Aren't you excited about it? And I know you wondered what happened. What happened is that uh, Brother Jared back there recorded me saying that and he just kept playing it over and over, you know. Because you thought I got stuck. But no, the Holy Ghost emphasizes things to us. He said, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You have need of patience. Isn't that right? Isn't that what it says? You have need of patience. And in this sense that sometimes when we're believing God, in fact, many times when we're believing God, Things don't always happen instantly. You know what I mean? We believe in instantaneous miracles. We believe in things like that. <clears throat> but when you're believing God by faith, a lot of times things don't happen instantly. So that's where patience comes in. In other words, you got to have a desire and a, a confidence is the better way to put it. A confidence knowing that about your desire to be healed or receive your healing. That it's yours now because you have done the will of God. He said, After you have done the will of God, what will happen? You shall receive the promise. After you have done the will of God, you shall receive the promise. What is the will of God? The will of God, just keep believing. Just keep believing. Just keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. How long do you believe? Keep believing. When do I quit? Keep believing. When do I give up? Keep keep, keep believing, keep on believing, keep on believing, keep on believing, keep on believing. Don't quit, don't give up, don't quit, don't give up. Keep believing, keep believing, keep believing believing. because then it's where you're going to receive. After you have done the will of God, you might, which means you will receive the promise. After you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. After you've done the will of God, you will receive the promise. How do you know? The Bible says so. That's what we're going on. So what the enemy wants to do is for you to discourage you from doing the will of God. He wants to discourage me from doing the will of God. He wants me not to do what I know to do. What do I know to do? I know to keep standing on the word regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what I feel like, regardless of what the circumstances say, Regardless of, thank God, <laughs> for medical doctors and medical reports and all those things. Thank God for all that. But still, what am I to do? Stand on the Word of God. Keep believing. By His stripes, I am healed. 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 I said, by His stripes, I am healed. 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 Sounded like that record got stuck two or three times. Because this is something that's going to put you over. And it's not God withholding any good thing from you. Is that we live in a fallen world. Now there's a lot of opposition to God's Word coming to pass in your life. And you have to stand through the opposition in order to receive from God. Because the enemy will try to convince you that it don't belong to you. They Try to convince you that it didn't. Well, that happened back in the book of Acts, but it can't happen for you today. Listen, it belongs to you today. I believe the last time I was here, I talked about uh, Mrs. Dodie Osteen and her her fight with cancer. She had uh, what they—I believe it was metastatic liver cancer—in her body. You cannot live with metastatic liver cancer. You cannot live with metastatic liver cancer. They got the report. In fact, they went to what happened is she got weak till she couldn't go, hardly, and and she was a fighter. She always had a fighting attitude. Her husband, Pastor John Osteen, who's who's gone on to heaven now. Uh, they were going somewhere to go out to church or somewhere. And all of a sudden, she just collapsed in the floor at the house. So he reached down and grabbed her and said, Honey, what is it? Well, they knew that she had been fighting some, but they didn't know what it was. And so uh, Pastor John Osteen said, Doty, said uh, you know, his wife said, you need to go to the doctor. And of course, you know, they, they believed in doctors and, and everything like that, but they also believed in healing, you know. She said, "No, I don't want to go to the doctor, or none of that kind of stuff." You know, she said, "No, you need to go to the doctor," and uh, and she she realized, well, you know, I got kids and children, and everything else too. I, I something I need to find out what's wrong. So they took her down to a doctor that they knew there, you know, in, in the area in Texas, and they took her to one of the doctors and friends. It was a specialist in that area that knew Pastor John Osteen. You know, had a wonderful ministry, nice church, big church, and Brother Hagin was a good friend of his and everything else. And they got down to the doctor's office and he'd done some preliminary examinations in there and a few blood tests and uh, he just basically shot straight to there. He said, Dodie, you've got to go to the hospital and you've got to go to the hospital right now. He said, I don't know what it is. He said, but if it's what I think it is, then I'm not going to say it. He said, because he was a faith doctor too. He said, I'm not going to say it. Now, Ms. Dodie Osteen said that she would have come to the City of Faith. Y'all remember the City of Faith that Brother Oral Roberts started and all? But at that time, they didn't have all the medical facilities when she had this that they later on began to have and doctors and the equipment, you know. So they put her in the hospital. And so when they got to the hospital, she said, well, I don't want to go. I got things to do. He said, you're going to the hospital. That's what the doctor And he finally talked to her husband and said, you better tell her she better get in the hospital. This is something that's got to be done. So she's already resisting it, fighting it, you know, but she don't know what she's fighting. So when they got her in there and, and done some tests, the doctor said, we're going to have to keep you in here for five or six, seven days. No, I'm not getting out. Of here. You told me I'd just come to the hospital and get the test, and I ain't going to stay in here. I'm, I'm, I'm going home. No, you're not, he said. He said, you're going to say, He said, there's something in here? And he said, I need to find out what it is. And he said, I've got to run a battery, a lot of different tests that you just can't take in one day because it's not good for your body. And he said, you're going to have to stay in this hospital at least six to seven days. (coughs) To make a long story short, it turned into a lot more than that. And they'd done all this test. And then that's when they discovered that she had metastatic liver cancer. Nobody, 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 nobody could live with metastatic liver cancer. You're in liver failure. There's nothing that that day especially they could do. And she was going to die. And that's, that's what the prognosis was. And so, when they finally was able to finally let her go home, because they didn't tell everybody, you know, but they finally found the test. And uh, she told uh, uh, the doctor, when they told Pastor John Osteen, and they come to him first and told him, you know, your wife has this and this is serious. because he knew the doctor well and he said I know your faith people <coughs> he said we believe God with you he said but there's no cure there's nothing that we can do and medical science says that Dodie is going to die your wife is going to die and so John Osteen her husband said well don't tell her he said let me tell her you know. so he went in the room you could imagine doing that and told her and it was. Uh, he said it seemed as if she had lost her mind she just went and told an all right right away. <laughs> no, I ain't got no metastatic liver cancer. What do you mean? I ain't going to die. What's wrong with you? But the symptoms in her body, said difference. Well, she's been in the hospital a while now. And they were going to finally get, she was going to get to go home. Her mom and daddy were elderly, and they didn't know. I mean, that, that was their only child, their only little girl. And they could... Uh, and, and she, she, she didn't want him to know. She told John. Said uh, her husband said, "Don't tell Mama. Don't tell Daddy. She said, let me tell him. I'm gonna tell him, you know. But don't, don't you tell him. And so she said that when they got home, they'd been watching their, their babies, you know, at the house, you know, and taking care of the children for them, while she's in the hospital all the time. She come in, and then finally, whenever the <coughs> calm down, she said, "Mama, Daddy, I need to talk to you," and said. Uh, and tell you what the doctor said and, and uh, they said I've got metastatic cancer in my liver or and uh, there's no way that I can live. And her mama spoke up and the only thing her mama said, she said, but the word of God is true. And her daddy said, the only thing he said is, well, and that was it. Which meant, in their terminology, we're in for a fight. And her daddy wasn't a big talker. He was a doer. You know what I mean? And, and, and stand on the word. The mama got in faith, they got in faith, and then she got in faith. And they decided that they were going to believe God. They decided because they could give them some kind of treatments, but she had went and found out about friends because being pastors, you know, they knew it dealt with a lot of people that had had a lot of, things, even the same metastatic cancer in her liver, and uh, which affects your whole physical body. And uh, they had known people and hadn't seen them have the treatments and how horrible their death was because it took them down all the chemicals and basically they put poison in your body trying to counteract <coughs> the cancer. And so she made the decision that I'm not going for the treatments because you're going to die anyway. She said, I'm going to stand on the word. She said, so her and her husband, John, went in the bedroom by themselves. And they got down on their knees and they said, God, we're going to trust you. And I believe, she said, I believe that I am healed. And that's more than what I'm telling you. I'm just, for the sake of time, I'm just keeping it short. God, I believe that I'm healed is what she said. And she said, John don't you treat me like I'm sick from this day forward because I'm not sick. I am healed. Get the children. They called the children. One of her sons was a doctor. I don't know if he was a medical doctor. He knew about it. He was devastated. He was squalling. <laughs> she said he was the most emotional child she had, but he was squalling, you know. He said She said she told him, don't you treat me like I'm sick. She said, I am healed. And she went after it. And she went after it. And she went after it. She said there were times that the pain was so unbearable in her physical body that she thought she would die from the pain. And she would get up out of the bed if she could be sitting or sitting in a chair wherever she was. (laughs) She would literally get on the floor and put her face in a pillow to scream in pain so it wouldn't wake up the kids that's how much it was but she kept standing and she kept standing and kept saying by his stripes i'm healed the doctors were believing with her she would go to appointments and they'd check her you know and and everything but they would keep standing 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 this went on for a year went on for a year and a half almost to two years And she felt bad. She said she felt so bad she didn't feel like she could put one foot in front of the other. She would make herself get up and go. Confess the word. She said, now there were times that my mind doubted. There were times that I would plan my funeral. There were times that I would see myself in a coffin wearing a dress and I wanted to wear a certain type of dress. She said, but I knew the devil was doing that. She said, I wouldn't sit there and allow myself to have a pity party. I'm not going to see myself in no coffin. (coughs) she said, Lord, my husband needs me, my children need me, and I refuse to die in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you got to get adamant about it. You see, you have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, after you have done the will of God, after you have done the will of God, that you might receive the promise. You will receive the promise, but you got to do the will of God. The will of God to keep believing God's word, even though it looks like it's not working. It looked like it was working in reverse but one day about two years into this give or take some months about two years into this she woke up she got a sound night's sleep and she woke up and she felt like I feel better than I felt in a long time and then she started getting her strength back things started coming and so they went in (laughs) called the doctor finally went in the same doctor examined her again and he said he said It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. There is no sign of metastatic cancer in your liver. He said, now, there's another test that we can do. And and it was confirmed this. And she said, no. One test (laughs) is all I want. And I don't want another test. One test is all I need that God is working in my body. And I'm going to fight for it. I don't want you to give me that other test, and I refuse to take it. And so she wouldn't let the doctor give her the other test. Her son, who was a medical doctor, wanted to have it too, you know, because concerned about Mama. Said no. He said I am healed. I was healed the day we prayed in that bedroom back under two years ago. And she said I don't need no other test. Did this test here that says I don't have no metastatic cancer in my? And guess what, Mrs. Doty Osteen is still alive today, and that was back in 1984. Woo! If you keep standing and you keep believing, I'm telling you, she outlived Old John. I'm not, not Old John. I'm not talking disparagingly, Pastor John Osteen, her husband, outlived him. Still is. Still prays for people today. Still believes God today. But what did she do? She had need of patience. For two years she fought for her life. Really in a sense she fought for what the word of God says. And that's where you got to come down to it. Do I believe God or not? Is God's word true or not? Am I going to stand on it or not? Alamma? Are you? Are we? First, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Have you been encouraged yet? You sure? I don't know what I'm... Am I. am I doing something to this mic to make it... It's just doing something? All right, no problem. We're healed anyway. <laughs> what did I tell you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6? Let's turn over there and see if we can find 1 Timothy chapter 6. And I spoke somewhat along these lines, you know, when I was here before, not the same way, but I just, I kept having it. Even, even if I was praying the day between services, you know, in Dr. Chip's office, it just kept coming to me. And I know it's for my benefit too, you know, because I'm preaching to myself. I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to me because it, it works the same way for me. But this is what the Bible says in First Timothy chapter 6, verse number 12. It says, do what? Fight the good fight of what? faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Or lay hold on what it is that you believe in God for and don't quit. Don't give up. Whereunto they are also called and has professed or confessed a good confession before many witnesses. Notice it says fight the good fight of faith. Somebody pointed out, it might have been Dr. Chip. They pointed out this is the only place in the Bible that tells us to fight. It says fight the good fight of faith. It didn't say fight your neighbor necessarily. Or fight the government necessarily. But it says fight the good fight of faith. Isn't that right? Did Sister Doty Osteen fight the good fight of faith? Yes, she did. And from that time, she started praying for people. In fact, she said when some of her most horrendous days that she would have people that needed prayer and she would make herself get up and go and pray for people when it felt like she was literally dying because she was a pastor's wife. And she would force herself to do it. She didn't have the strength and have the ability. She was just skin and bones, so to speak, and couldn't get around. In other words, when you're believing God, it's not that God is keeping it from you. There's a real devil that don't want you to have it. Do you know what the whole goal of the devil is? Is to disprove the Word of God to you. The whole goal of the devil is to make you believe that the Word of God is not true. He wants to make you believe that the Bible is a lie and that it will not work for you. But in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on. You've got to lay hold to it. And don't quit and don't give up. Don't quit and don't give up. Don't quit and don't give up. Dr. Chip had mentioned uh, Dad Hagan. We call him Dead Hagan's a term of endearment. Uh, <clears throat> he's in heaven. He went to heaven in 2003. He's not dead, he's more alive than he ever was before. You know you'll never die. You know you'll never die. You know you'll never die. Him know you'll never die. 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 So get the fear of death out of your mind. You'll never die. You may change locations, but you're going to live forever and ever and ever and ever. And you said, Well, in the condition I'm in, no, we're going to make it better for you. But you'll never die. You'll never taste death because Jesus did that for us. We'll never know the sting of death. We'll never know what it means to die and be separated from God. Never know. I mean, the physical body yes will cease to function, but you'll never know death at all. But he mentioned uh, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagin, Dad Hagin, becomes a term of endearment, laying on a deathbed. I believe it was at sixteen years old. <coughs> he had got a hold to the covenant of healing in the Bible he was paralyzed from his waist down and he set himself to fight the good fight of faith and he kept meditating on the scriptures on the healing scriptures you know and then meditating on, on Mark 11:24, what things you desire when you pray Let's fact let's turn there Mark chapter 11 scripture you're familiar with verse number 24 and let's read that you see scriptures do us good too because that's your ammunition against the enemy Mark eleven twenty four. 24. <coughs> this is the words of Jesus. And Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. The Bible says, Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, and this is what he said, What things, whatever you desire, and in this case we're talking about healing, When you pray, believe that you receive them, which means believe that you have received them, and what will happen? You shall have them. What do you do? You believe that you have received them, and what will happen? You shall have them. (coughs) When are you going to have them? After you believe you receive them. When are you going to have them? After you believe that you receive them. When do you believe you receive them? (coughs) Before you have them. When are you going to have them? After you believe that you received them. Because it says here, What things, soever you desire. We're talking about healing today. When you pray, in other words, at that moment, believe that you have received them right then, and you shall have them. So Dad Hagen meditated on this scripture over and over and over and over. Meditated on healing scriptures go with it, and he knew healing was his. So one day he got rambunctious laying up in that bed, paralyzed from his waist down. 16 years old. Medical science had given up on him. Said he could not live. I mean, I think there was five different things and just one thing the doctor said that was incurable was a blood disease in his heart and that alone was going to kill him. Nobody had lived beyond the age of like 16 years old. And everything that the doctor said that would happen to him, he would basically become an invalid and then he would die and his body would shut down. But he, he used to tell a story this way. He got a hold of his grandmama's Methodist Bible and he said he'd begin to read it. He said sometimes he was so per- paralyzed that it would take him, you know, 15, 20 minutes, sometimes half a day just to turn one page in the Bible, to work up the strength to turn it. And he'd, he'd find that scripture, and he would just sit there and meditate on it, and he would think about it. <clears throat> but on this particular day that his healing came about, his 16-year-old, on the deathbed, the doctor had even come and told him, just stay in the middle of the road because there's nothing that can be done. Medical science cannot help you. You know. In fact, I think the preacher came, is what it is too, and told him just to stay in the middle of the road, you know, because there's nothing that can be done for you. And the doctor had already been honest to him honest with him and told him you got these four or five different things that's wrong with you. And he said, But to be honest and truthful, the doctor told him. He said one of these alone is detrimental and nobody's been that we know of has lived past the age of sixteen. It's some kind of incurable, defective blood. His blood wasn't right. His blood was orange looking instead of red like ours are, you know, or is. And he wouldn't write. He didn't carry all the platelets right and all that stuff in there or something. And they said nobody's been able to live beyond 16. So, and they said, he, you know, you would go into bed, you'd become an invalid because your body will quit working right, your organs won't function, your muscles can't function right, you won't get the right blood and the blood flow and oxygen, so you'll die. But laying there on that bed, <clears throat> he didn't meditate on the Word. So one day he got rambunctious there at 16 years old. And he decided he just going to tell the Lord what he thought about it. And he said to the Lord. He said, Dear Lord Jesus. He said, I believe that I am healed from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet regardless. And he'd been saying this for quite some time. Fighting a good fight of faith. With patience. Inheriting the promises. Doing the will of God. He just kept saying... To himself, I believe that I have received healing from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I believe that I have received healing from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. But this particular morning, he said, uh, he just said right out loud. He said, Dear Lord Jesus, he said, I want you to notify you of this. He might have said it in a little different words, but I'm just paraphrasing it. He it. Uh, he said, I believe your word. And he said, I believe that I am healed from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I don't care if I am paralyzed halfway down my body and can't move. He couldn't bathe himself, couldn't feed himself or clothe himself or nothing. He had to be helped to do everything by his granny. Y'all remember her, don't you? Granny and his his mama. Y'all remember that? Anyway, they had to help him in the bed because he couldn't do nothing for himself. But he said, Dear Lord Jesus, he said, I'd let somebody cut my head off. That's his way of doing it. Before I would say that your word's not true and I'm not healed. He said, I know that I'm healed. And he said, Dear Lord Jesus, he said, if you were standing right here in my end of my bed where I could see you right now. He, had, he was laying in one of these high post beds. You know the high post that got down at the end, you know. He said, if you were standing here into my bed by that post on that bed right there. He said, I could see you with my physical eyes. He said, I have to tell you this. He said, if you looked at me and tell me that I wouldn't believe in your word, he said, I would have to. Now, respectfully, he said this. He said, I would have to call you a liar. He said, because I believe your word, and I believe that I'm healed from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Again, not being disrespectful. But this, he had had the facts of God's word, and he believed the word over his physical body, <coughs> regardless of what his body seemed like and felt like being paralyzed. He said, after he said that to the Lord that way, Lord, I I would have to call you a liar if you said that I'm not healed. And again, he didn't do it disrespectful. He said, suddenly he heard a voice inside. He said, what you doing laying in the bed then? He said, well, people are supposed to be up at 10 o'clock in the morning. He heard that voice inside. That was the Holy Ghost. That was God. That was Jesus. He said, if you're healed, get up out of the bed then. Now, that's one thing to be halfway paralyzed or almost totally paralyzed, and then somebody tell you to get up out of the bed. But that's what faith is. Faith is a fight. Faith is a fight. So he said that he struggled to kind of get up, get himself on his elbows, you know, on that bed, <coughs> and, he, and he couldn't move his leg because his muscles wouldn't work. <coughs> his brain would tell his leg to move, and he was on the, the side of the bed, and he couldn't get his leg to move. So what he does, is he got in position enough where he could set up enough that he took his hands and he took his leg and he threw it over the side of the bed. And ka-flomp, he said he hit the floor. Because he had no feeling in it, no muscle action in it, couldn't stand on it or nothing. Then he took his other leg and he pushed it off the bed, ka flump and he hit the floor. And so there he is sitting up on the bed, but he was a dead man a few minutes earlier, you know. And then he started wiggling down the side of the bed, you know. Wiggling down with his hands and everything, getting his rear in and scooting along. Y'all know what scooting is in the country here, you know. Scooting down. And so he got down to the end of the bed where this high post, which wouldn't be very far, but to him I'm sure it seemed like 15 million miles when you're paralyzed. And he said he put his hands up on top of the post of that old thing. He could reach up and get that high post, we call it high post bed in the country, you know. And he got his hands on top of that t- high post, and he started trying to get up, you know, and his legs don't have no strength, so he's using what little bit of upper body strength that he has to struggle. And he was shaking, and he was trembling. And as he was trembling and shaking and pulling himself up, he said, I believe that I have received healing from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I believe that I have received healing from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And as he'd done that, he said, suddenly... He pulled himself up and he said it seemed as if somebody had moved the ceiling and poured a bucket of warm honey on top of his head. <coughs> and the healing power of God went through him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. <coughs> and he said suddenly, he said his legs became, began to come alive. You know how it is when your arm or your leg? I think the other day we were driving along and Patty said my legs are gone to sleep. She was trying to get around <laughs> You know, legs, you know how you feel, you know, and sitting so long. But anyway, he said he could feel it. He said it was like his his legs had come alive. It was like prickly things all over his leg. He said it kind of hurt. He said, but it sure felt good. Because the first time he had felt anything in a long, long time, but all of a sudden the power of God went from him to the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, and he was walking around that room saying, By his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Did he receive the promise? Yes. He fought for it for a year and a half to two years laying in that bed. Fought for it. Struggled for it. (laughs) And he didn't have all the good teaching like you got here. He didn't have Dr. Chip to encourage him every day or every Sunday in the healing class. He just got it on his own. Nobody in his family believed in this. In fact, he told his mama that night because he didn't let none of them know because they they think he'd think that they thought he was crazy, you know. He didn't tell Granny Drake. It was his granny, you know. Granny Drake, he didn't tell her and he didn't tell his mama. Her name was Lily. Lily Hagen. Didn't tell her until that evening. But he'd get up and walk around the bed, you know. And so... She came in to bathe him and bring him something to eat as they normally would do in the evening time, you know. He said, Mama, he said, I want you to go get me some clothes. She said, why? You don't need no clothes. You just keep your pajamas on, your PJs, you know. Keep your pajamas on here are in the bed. He said, Mama, I'm healed, and I'm coming to breakfast in the morning. I'm getting out of this bed, and I'm going to breakfast. You can't do that. The doctor said you'll fall dead. Thank God for mama, you know. <laughs> you fall dead. He said, Mama, I'm healed. I got it. Will you get me some clothes, please, Mama? And of course, the baby always wins out, you know, for mama. So mama went and got some clothes. Now, I don't think you ought to be doing this now. He said, Don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody, you know. So next morning he knew what time breakfast was, because grandpa run on the clock, you know. You knew what time the biscuits and the, the bacon and the and the sausage and the eggs and all that would be there, and the, and the good sorghum syrup that you can drag in biscuits through and eat a few of them things. You go plow a you for a while after dragging some of them biscuits through that sorghum syrup. I'll tell you that, and eating some of that sausage and some of them eggs. I mean, you'll be crowing like a banty rooster when you get through eating that kind of breakfast. You know, it's amazing. So he waited till all of them got set down, you know, in there, and so. He put his clothes on. He was sitting there in a chair waiting, you know, because he knew about what time they'd sit down. And then he'd come walking into the dining room where all of them were sitting. And he said, his granddaddy, Grandpa Drake, <coughs> looked up. He said, is Lazarus raised up? He said, It's a dead raised? That's what Grandpa Drake said. And he said, yes, granddaddy, God has raised me up. And so... Granny Drake jumped up and went and got another plate and some forks and spoons and all that kind of stuff and sat down and they ate breakfast. You have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. If you don't want to fight, if you don't want to fight, if you don't want to fight, you may be in the wrong profession there's a fight to it sometimes I wish everything was easy you're not fighting God you're not fighting God you're fighting symptoms you're fighting your own mind (coughs) you're fighting the devil in a sense but if you stand on the word and say I'm going to believe the word regardless of what anything looks like regardless of what anything feels like I'm going to stand on the word and I'm healed Brother Hagin was raised up off that deathbed at 16 years old And he lived to be in his 87th year. Listen, he didn't even have a headache for how many years? Probably, I don't know by the time he went on to be the Lord, I don't know how many years. He used to talk about it. He said, I ain't had a headache since that time because he believed God. He said, now, he was honest. He said, I passed up some marvelous opportunities. You know, you have to pass up some things. And and I believe this too. Some things, and I'm not saying this to discourage anybody or get on anybody, some things we accept when we shouldn't accept them. A pain hits us or something says or something grabs us. Oh, I've got this. Oh my God, I got this. The next thing you know, you're. Talking, I, I don't. Uh, you know, I got this. I got that. And there's nothing wrong with sharing with somebody or anything like that in in prayer. But if you go to talking, you know, the, about, about not receiving healing or how bad you feel, and I'm not saying there's not a truth to all that. But if you concentrate on that enough, and you concentrate on the negative enough, then it's going to zap the faith out of you. And that's why we have to stay on the Word, constantly on the Word. We have to constantly say in our spirits and stand on the Word and keep the Word of God before our eyes all the time. By His stripes I'm healed. It says here in the Word of God, what things whoever you desire? In this case, we're talking about healing. When you pray, which means right then, believe that you have received them right then and you shall have them. When you believe you receive them, I mean, could you be healed instantaneously? Certainly you could. But as a general rule, a lot of healings progress over time. And uh, we wish all of them were instantaneous. But when you get your healing by faith and you know how to fight the good fight of faith, you can keep it. You can keep things off of you. In fact, Brother Higgin talks about a lady that was in a wheelchair. And you remember they, the Spirit of God that was in their, their church, you know. And there's nothing wrong with being in a wheelchair and like that. But but uh, they wanted to pray for her. He said that about anything that she would get, a sniffle, cold, flu, or, or something like that, they would pray for her and she'd be healed. And so he just wondered why in the world is she not uh, healed of this wheelchair. So they got to... His wife and a couple of other ladies and a sister Sylvia, who's our sister Mila, you know, went and got her and, and brought her down to the house. And they started praying for that lady. They, they had her sitting in a wheelchair in the corner in his house, in his living room. And suddenly he heard the Spirit of God speak to her and tell her to get up out of that chair. I mean, him to him, tell her to get out of that chair. So he said to her sister Sylvia, he said, I'm about to point at you. He said, because they'd been praying for it for quite some time, not just this day, but for a while. And he decided, we're going to get this for it, because they believed in it. I mean, they stayed with it till they got it. They stayed with it till they got it. <clears throat> and that's something we've got to learn in this generation. But we live in an instantaneous generation. And sometimes we want it right now. You know what I mean? I know I'm that way. I want mine yesterday. You know what I mean? But the things of God don't always come that way. But they've been praying for a while. They stayed with it until they got it. They got an answer to it. Just kept on a praying. Just kept on praying. Just kept on praying. Not in doubt and in belief, but in faith. But suddenly the Spirit of God came on him that day. and this, The gifts of the Spirit were in operation. The working in miracles. <clears throat> gifts of healings. <clears throat> and he said, tell her in my name to arise and get out of that chair. So he stopped the prayer meeting right there and told everybody what the Spirit of God had said. And said, now sister said I'm going to point my finger at you and the power of God's going to come out of you he said rise up and walk out of that chair he said God is his witness and everybody in that room that was his witness which is that handful of prayer team that was there that witnessed it he said in the name of Jesus rise and walk he said the power of God come on that lady so strong that lifted her up out of the chair above the arms that's in that chair above the arms and she's sitting in the air everybody saw this it's not a made up story the power of God picked her up out of that chair to the she was reaching down, holding the hands of that wheelchair. And everybody was amazed and shocked. And suddenly she just kind of jerked herself and pulled herself back down in that chair. She said, I'll die sitting in this wheelchair. And the Lord said to Brother Hagen, said, See, I tried to help her, but she won't let me. And she died in a wheelchair. Not, not literally just sitting in a wheelchair, but she died always having to have need of that wheelchair. But listen, it wasn't God's fault. Right? It wasn't God's fault. They had fought the good fight of faith for her. But she could seemingly be healed without anything else you could imagine. For some reason, though, she had just, just couldn't step over the hurdle of getting out of that wheelchair. <coughs> but the power of God had brought her up out of that wheelchair... That day, she sat in the air above that wheelchair to the point she had to reach out and grab the arms of it. Are you putting her down? No. I'm just telling you, the power of God is available and it belongs to all of us. You've got to fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. The Bible says take hold or lay hold on eternal life. It said in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, which means get a hold to it and don't believe anything else. Don't believe the symptoms in every story that I've told you today, especially with Sister Dodie and Brother Brother Hagen. They would not allow the symptoms to keep them in the position that they were in. And there is a time that we've got to fight. Because why? You have need of patience. Why? After you have done the will of God, which means keep standing on His Word regardless of what it looks like, you might what? Receive the promise. After you have done the will of God, what's going to happen? You receive the promise. After you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You're going to receive it. You will receive every single time. But there's a fight to it. It's not always instantaneous. We wish it was, and there are times it's instantaneous. I mean, I've prayed for people over the years with different anointings, and I've seen things instantly happen, and we thank God for that. But when we're believing God by faith, sometimes, in fact, like I said, many times that we have to keep standing, we have to, have to keep believing we have to stand on God's word and we don't receive anything else but the truth that God's word is true and we're not going to believe anything else. By His stripes I am healed. 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 I am healed. Yeah, if you'll get in your house and just keep saying that and walking the floor and thanking God for it, tie yourself to, with a chain to the table on the uh, table legs on the chair or something on the table because I'll guarantee you after a while it's going to dawn on your spirit that it's yours already and you're going to want to run outside. And your neighbors already think you're crazy. You know that. <clears throat> and you're going to need to chain yourself up and you're going to go running outside. Why? Wow. Why? It was like that lady at Dr. Lillian B. Yeoman's house. I'm sure Dr. Chip might have shared this before, that had tuberculosis, and she was dying. It was it, and they had her in a room upstairs, and so Dr. Yeoman, Lillian B. Yeoman, she had to run a, a healing home, you know, her and her sister did, and she would go up there, and she would sit down beside this lady, brought her in after medical science says she's going to die. There's no hope, and they didn't, couldn't have but a few of them at a the time, and this lady, they could accept this lady. And so she sat down and just started reading her healing scriptures. It's healing scriptures. It's healing scriptures. Healing scriptures. Healing scriptures. Healing scriptures. Of course, that was her treatment. That's all the medicine they had for her, you know. And uh, she told that lady. She said, just say this out of your mouth, something similar to this, you know. She said, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, I'm redeemed from tuberculosis. I no longer have it in the name of Jesus. And so she would go read to her later on that day, and she said, you've been saying it? Yeah, but it don't mean anything to me. She said, just keep on saying it. Keep on saying it. Keep on saying it. Go to the next day. Have you been saying what I told you? Yes, but it don't mean anything to you. To me, just keep saying it. That's <coughs> so what she said. Just keep, just keep saying it. Just keep saying it. Just keep saying it. Just keep saying it. Don't mean anything to her. The third day, I believe it was, right in there somewhere, she'd been saying it. And uh, they was fixing the lunch meal for the people in the house. They could eat soups and things like that. Most of them at the point of death to the point hardly could eat anything. She said, all of a sudden, her and her sister were down there working in the kitchen over the stove and everything else the sink. And they heard a big clatter upstairs. And then feet running down the stairs. And they said, what in the world the commotion is? And all of a sudden, it was that lady that was dying of tuberculosis. They had to carry her and put her into bed by hand. Couldn't even walk there. Lay her down. And here come this lady down in her skivvies. Hoping him, when it probably one of them hospital gowns. You know, you see everything, you know. <laughs> Here she comes her running down them stairs. She said, Dr. Yeoman, Dr. Yeoman, do you know that Jesus Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law and I no longer have tuberculosis? She said, honey, I've been trying to tell you that for three days. She got it. She got it. She got it. You need patience. After you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. It's yours. It's yours. No devil can keep you from it, can keep it away from you. It belongs to you. It's yours. Yes, there's, there's a fight to it. I wish there wasn't, but there is a lot of times. But I'll guarantee you the rewards are greater than the fight. Woo! I preach myself happy. <coughs> I might run the Gatlinburg. Ain't no telling. <coughs> Thank God for that. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the power and the anointing of God. And Lord, this afternoon, if you need healing in your physical body right now, just raise your hand right there where you're at. With hands raised, I'm fixing to pray over you right now. I don't have to lay hands on you. I've seen the Lord. The Lord's trying to change some things in my life in recent times. But I'm going to rebuke that thing, and I want you to grab hold to it and take hold to it right now. Your healing. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, these people, by acknowledgement of raising their hand, are declaring that they're going to believe that they receive their healing right now. Father, they're going to take hold to it in the name of the Lord Jesus So I declare in Jesus' name that by your stripes that they are healed. And I thank you that your power and anointing is flowing through their body right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Satan, I command you to leave and go and never return in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Father, we give you the glory for it now in Jesus' name. So what do you say? By his stripes I'm healed. Say it. By his stripes, I am healed. Say it. By his stripes, I'm healed. Say it. By his stripes, I am healed. How long are you going to keep saying it? After you have done the promise. I mean, after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You just keep saying it. Keep saying it. Why? Because you receive it by faith right now. You've received it by faith right now. Did you get anything out of this? Are you encouraged? Are you strengthened? Now you're ready to run through a troop. And it says leap over the wall, but you're ready to run through the wall too. I can just cinch it about you. Because it belongs to you. The power of God is real. The Word of God is real. And this has been a time of encouragement and blessing for us today. And you can encourage yourself too every day. Don't get down and stay down. Get up and run with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm going to turn it to Dr. Chip.
1: God, you know, it's uh, um, sometimes you don't want to fight. But, uh, you know, the devil never thinks that way. He's always he's always fighting us and always fighting the will of God, the plan of God in our lives. And um, and uh, uh, like what Brother Randy said, you know, sometimes it's uh, you have to fight. You know, sometimes you don't want to fight, but you still have to fight. Amen. Uh, And uh, it's not every single day in every single thing. But uh, there are certain things the devil just uh, he'll fight you, you know. Uh, try to get you to lose your patience amen and just give it up uh, and so uh, that was an encouraging word because you know it's it's good to be encouraged to stay the course amen stay in the fight uh, because the will of God has not changed uh, the devil is just trying to convince you that the will of God has changed amen uh, and so uh, fight on amen <laughs> so praise God all be well amen uh, and uh, you know the stories like Dodi Osteen, uh, she had such an encouraging, uh, you know, I guess it's been 40 years, right? Uh, and uh, she's been healed of God. Uh, and, you know, there's something uh, there's something about when you get a victory like that, that you fight through like that, you know, it's uh, uh, there's things in my life, and I know in your lives, too, that you get a victory in this area, and, and you can just ride that victory sometimes the rest of your life, you know, in that area of your life. You know, you've won that battle, and you'll never have to even really I mean, you still have to maintain it, but, I mean, it's so easy because, like, oh, yeah, I've already won that, you know. Um, And uh, so it's worth the fight. It's worth the effort. Amen. Uh, And so praise God. We thank Brother Randy for that word. Amen. Uh, And so we're going to receive an offering this afternoon for Brother Randall Greer. uh, And um, uh, just as we did this morning, we'll receive one offering, uh, and everything that we receive today will go towards his ministry. Uh, We like sowing into his ministry. Amen. Uh, Because we like to... Know that there's good fruit coming from that ministry, Amen. You know, sometimes the Lord, you know, the Bible says that you give to the poor. Well, you know, that's not really a great investment because you know a lot of people uh, are going to be poor before you give it to them, after you give it to them, while you're giving to them, uh, and so you do it because the Lord tells you to, and because you love the Lord. Uh, but um, you know, every now and then it's nice to invest in something that has good fruit coming out of it, Amen. Uh, and brother Randy, uh, you know, he's he's investing the words of faith into our lives, Amen. Uh, and so he's investing the words of faith into our lives to see fruit, and we're investing our finances in, into his ministry to see fruit. So there's fruit on both sides. Amen. Uh, and so it's an honor to give. And so uh, if you need to make a check out, you can make a check out the Word of Truth Church. Uh, we'll write him one check uh, for that. But uh, we just thank God for the opportunity to give. Amen. So let's pray and thank the Lord for, for today's offering. So, Father, we thank you. That's an honor to give into your ministry, Father. It's an honor to give into the call of God that you placed upon Brother Randy's life. We thank you for that opportunity that we get to be a part of that. And so, Father, we thank you that as we are faithful to do what you said in your word to give, that you'll be faithful to do what you said, uh, that with good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into our bosom. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you for the covenant of giving and the law of sowing and reaping. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive this afternoon's offering, and so Brother Randy will be heading up to Gatlinburg after the service today, and uh, he'll have his conference up in Gatlinburg uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of this week, and then um, uh, uh, I guess, I don't know where they have to, uh, you heading back home, or you got other, you may have, who knows where, you know, uh, where he's going to be after that, right, he, he's here and there and everywhere, so. Uh, but if you get a chance and you'd like to come up to the meetings there, let us know, and we can get those instructions there for you. Uh, but it's in, it's in Gatlinburg, so you've got to go through Pigeon Forge and, and see several hundred thousand of your closest friends as you get up through the Gatlinburg there. Uh, and so uh, you can wave hi to all of them, but, uh, uh, but it, it, they're always good services. And like you said at the beginning of the service, you know, there's always a different anointing when he's in a local church versus when he's, you know, in a, in a hotel conference area because it just there's different things that the spirit of god needs to emphasize amen uh and so he's not the same man he's up in gatlinburg he, as he is here right uh and so he's nice and cuddly here in church you know and uh and uh because he's he's uh you know but he puts his prophet's hat um up there and uh and he helps straighten us up amen he's he's like he's like uh he's got the iron right there he's getting all the wrinkles out you know and and uh straightening everything up so Uh, And it's always good. Amen. Uh, So be blessed. Uh, Have a wonderful week, Lord. And you're dismissed.